All right, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, hopefully everybody's enjoying reInvent so far. You're listening in on some great sessions. Um, thank you for joining us this afternoon. I'm very excited. My name is Nikki Neal. I'm one of the principal business development managers on the GovCloud team. And excited to bring to you our session today, uh, which is a tale of two IT modernization strategies. So we're going to be agile, as we do in cloud, and switch things up a little bit. Originally, we did have two speakers uh, prepared to present to you today. Unfortunately, uh, Mason McDaniel from Department of Justice uh, ATF is ill and won't be able to join us, uh, but we still have our, our customer from Department of Veterans Affairs, um, and certainly he has lots of wonderful insights to share, so we appreciate your flexibility as we work through this real-time change uh, within the session here. So in the time uh, that I've been working with federal agencies, certainly there are a few things that are very common when we're talking about federal agencies and their thoughts about moving to the cloud and modernization, some common factors and drivers uh, that really influence their decision to move to cloud. Certainly we all know about data set, uh, center consolidation and closure targets. Uh, a lot of our customers just based upon mission requirements coming from their operators and the need to look at their IT systems and have those systems meet the increasing capabilities that are required from the field are really having to take a look at their IT portfolios um, and, and look at some transformation or some modernization activities. As it relates to our customer set within public sector, particularly when we're looking at um, those that are running very sensitive data and workloads within the cloud, certainly they're turning to AWS GovCloud because of our ability to be able to support uh, very critical uh, compliance requirements that these customers need to meet simply by architecting and running on AWS GovCloud, we allow these customers to inherit underlying controls and speed their ability to compliance and achieve authorization to operate. So for those customers that are running uh, FISMA, moderate and high workloads that have a need to meet FedRAMP requirements, certainly lots of our customers that operate uh, controlled unclassified information, so personal health information, uh, very sensitive uh, personally identifiable information in the cloud, those that are running criminal justice information, et cetera, are turning to AWS GovCloud to help them meet those requirements as they look to their uh, IT modernization strategies. Now, these customers uh, obviously also have some common constraints and things that they need to look at, certainly as it relates to technical personnel and technical resources, uh, budgetary resources, as well as just, quite frankly, time. And so outside of those commonalities, we do have uh, an opportunity to drill down on some unique facets of these customers and the workloads that they're running. Um, it's, it's very interesting today if you were uh, able to attend the public sector breakfast with Teresa Carlson, you heard her talk about two customers in particular that we were prepared uh, to hear from today, one you will hear from, which is uh, Veterans Affairs and some of the different approaches that they're taking. So we have some customers that are really taking a broad brush look across their enterprise and trying to figure out what are some common tiers that they can look at uh, in terms of creating some type of common architectural baseline or technical baseline uh, in their modernization, be that for example, databases. Uh, in the case of Veterans Affairs uh, and the Veteran uh, Affairs Enterprise Cloud Solutions Office, this is a customer that's looking at it from the perspective of let's do application rationalization across the portfolio and decide where it makes sense to start off and look at where we can use SaaS as opposed to customizable, uh, highly customized proprietary information and from there do very targeted migrations. So um, there's going to be lots of uh, 
I think, lessons learned and valuable information that you're going to hear from our customer speaker from VA. I want to introduce Dave Cantonosa, who's going to come and, and share a few thoughts with you. Dave is the director of the VA Enterprise Cloud Solutions Office. And um, I'm sure he's going to have some very interesting stories and anecdotes and lessons learned that will hopefully give you guys something different to think about um, as you look at your own IT transformation and modernization strategies moving forward. So with that, I'd like to turn it over to Dave. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, give me a few minutes. We have to advance the slides to the, I was the second speaker, so I've got to go about, through about 20 slides here. Okay, so I'm Dave Catanoso, Director of Enterprise Cloud Solutions Office for the Department of Veterans Affairs, or otherwise VA, which we're referred to. And I'm really here to tell you a little bit about um, our overview of the VA itself, our cloud strategy, why we're moving to the cloud, um, and how we're using the cloud and AWS to execute what we consider a sacred mission, which we got from President Lincoln, which is to care for him who shall have borne the battle and for his widow and his orphan. And as an Army veteran myself and joining the VA back in 2011, I can tell you we really take that mission to heart. And we do that every day by serving the millions of men and women who are America's veterans um, every day. That's really what we focus on. For those of you who don't know much about the VA, let me just tell you a little bit about it. Um, we are the second largest US federal agency, second only to the Department of Defense. We have over 350,000 employees. And we're organized into three major lines of business. Our Veterans Benefits Administration processes thousands of claims every day for things like home loans, disability claims, educational assistance. Um, our, veterans, oops, sorry. our Veterans Health Administration uh, operates 170 hospitals and over 1,200 clinics around the country, serving over 10 million veterans. And our National Cemetery Administration manages over 130 cemeteries nationwide. Now, each one of those lines of business would in and of itself be one of the largest businesses of its kind if it were a commercial enterprise. And to support those three lines of business, we, as you can imagine, have large corporate infrastructure to support that. So HR, finance, HR, finance security, and of course IT, lots of IT. Um, and as you, as because we have lots of IT, you know, we have challenges to innovate, to speed delivery, to basically comply with all the different federal regulations and mandates that we have to comply with, all while we deliver services to veterans. So we have to modernize all the time. And we're actually in the middle of a digital transformation uh, strategy that the cloud migration and cloud adoption is a very central part of. So it, to, to execute that adoption, the VA formed the Enterprise Cloud Solution Office, uh, the, which is the, to be the focal point of that strategy and help the VA focus and execute the strategy. We're basically doing it on two fronts, as Nikki indicated. So one is software as a service, where we can migrate uh, things to software as a service versus building and operating an application on-prem or in our cloud, we're going to do that. An example is we moved over 480,000 mailboxes to the cloud in record time. We were one of the first federal agencies to get all of our mailboxes there, and it's been very successful. Um, and the second prong of our strategy is to build our own VA enterprise cloud to create a standard landing area for our applications. So what is the VA enterprise cloud? It's basically a hybrid cloud environment that involves multiple cloud service providers, currently two. Um, Amazon, of course, is one of them. Um, we're building it on primarily the FedRAMP certified high GovCloud environment of Amazon. 
Um, and these managed environments provide common access, first of all, access to all the CSP services directly by our project teams. And we leverage those, those services and other software to put a layer of tools on top of that that our project teams can leverage. So think things like Active Directory, orchestration tools. And then on top of that, you can see we have a layer of operational tools that are designed to go across the cloud environments and provide common things like governance, application performance monitoring, security scanning those kinds of tools so that, again, our project teams can move into the environment and focus on delivering their functionality and not duplicating a bunch of housekeeping type services that they, everybody needs to do to be compliant with security rules or VA policy. And then another thing we can leverage with this architecture is that we leverage um, security control inheritance. So our environments inherit the security controls from FedRAMP, from Amazon, then we build our layer of services on top of that, that then our project teams could inherit from both, greatly simplifying their ATO application and the controls they have to address as an application. It varies, of course, based on the nature of the application, but it shortens our ATO time dramatically. So for those of you in the US federal government, you understand that an ATO can be very challenging and it, shortening that in any way is a big help. So drilling down a little bit further into our AWS environment, um, you can see that we do leverage the commercial side mainly for labs, um, lab environments, and there's a couple uh, legacy type products that got out there before we were in place that use the commercial environment that will eventually move into the, the, the government side. And then again, in the government side, we basically have, you know, our, we have an official GovCloud version of our labs, and then we have VA Active Directory is hosted there. We also have a copy of that on-prem and in our other cloud so that we have full redundancy and the cloud's applications that run in our cloud are much faster because they can reference Active Directory right there natively in the cloud. We actually have one of the biggest Active Directory forests in existence. And so moving Active Directory into the cloud for us was, was a pretty large project and it's run very well. Um, we use Amazon QuickSight to provide cost dashboards for our project team so they can see exactly what they're spending and manage their budgets. Um, we have an enterprise GitHub instance, for example, for source control management that everybody can leverage. We also use the GitHub SaaS version for other application development teams that integrates with the environment. Um, we're bringing on very soon VMware on AWS as part of the environment. Um, and so basically this is a, a snapshot of how we're leveraging the AWS environment. So how have we succeeded? I want to give you one example of how we've done that. Um, so first, I mentioned the Veterans Benefits Administration processes thousands of claims every day. So imagine 4,000 users. These users are subject matter experts on claims eligibility, and they spend their day using a web-based application to download large documents, say medical histories, veteran service records, et cetera, to validate whether an a veteran is eligible for any given claim that they're filing. And that application has to run 24-7. We have agents from... Puerto Rico all the way to the Philippines, processing applications for claims. And it's gotta be FISMA high because of the sensitivity of the data that they review. And they review this, it's a fairly new application, it's only eight years old and it was custom built by the VA. So why would we wanna migrate something like that? Well, the application was experiencing performance and reliability centers at the contracted data center that was in. We wanted to reduce cost, it was, it was cost prohibitive. And we obviously want to have scalability in the future and have the ability to leverage all the cloud capability to improve and deliver services faster and better in the future. So normally when you migrate an application or start your cloud migration journey, most consultants will tell you, look, start small, do something easy, get your, get your feet wet, get some experience. Except the problem was this application was running out of space in the data center to install more storage equipment to store the 800 million documents that it was managing. 
So we really were in a situation where we didn't have the luxury to wait. We had to migrate it very soon. So we took the exact opposite approach to move one of our biggest, most critical systems to the cloud right away. Um, and as you can imagine, doing that without interrupting users is not a trivial exercise. So, so how do we do it? We leveraged Amazon services largely to get it done. The three primary services that we leveraged as part of making it possible were EC2, uh, Snowball, and S3. Um, so I'll walk through a little bit more detail than I did earlier this morning. So for the S3 situation, we were storing all those documents in FileNet in the legacy data center. So there's 800 million documents sitting in a legacy data center, new documents being added every day. How did we get them over to Amazon? Well, the first thing we did, the application team came up with a creative idea that they would build an adapter that enabled them to read the documents, whether it was in FileNet or S3. Once that adapter was in place and tested, and I'm going to show you, I'm going to jump ahead a slide here first and show you the tracks. So that's track one. Build the adapter and create the ability to upload all new documents into S3. So the minute we turn that on, we're technically hybrid, right? We're running, doc, new documents are going into S3, the old documents are sitting in the data center, and we're still running the application without disrupting the users. The next thing we did was start using Snowball to systematically ship the 800 million documents over to, to S3 one at a time and change the flag in the system that said where the document was located without interrupting the users. We also learned, and it's on the lessons learned slide, so I'll, I'll, but I'll, I'll steal, I'll, I'll explain that later, something about Snowball. So then that was track two. Then once track two was in motion, we started moving over all the shared services that the application itself relied upon, gradually shifting them into Amazon. And then finally, the last track was cut over the production environments, and we did that on in the first weekend in May of this year. So going back to the previous slide. So that explains how we took care of getting the files over and used Amazon S3 and Snowball. The other problem we had was in the legacy data center, we had very limited ability to scale the compute resources, which required the application team for years to rely on a very proprietary, expensive database solution that wasn't supported in AWS, which could have been a showstopper if we couldn't figure out how to get the same performance. Well, luckily for us, EC2 offers very large, very powerful EC2 instances, and because we were able to leverage that, we could downgrade to a standard RDBMS, which was supported in AWS, and, and basically get better performance uh, using EC2. So skip ahead. So how did this all work out? When we, the day we cut the system over, it was actually supporting 3,500 users and providing better transactional response rates than we were seeing on-prem, which was good. Um, except we started getting reports over time that users were experiencing very large delays downloading big documents, so 100 megabits or higher. So prior to migration, it was taking two to three minutes. We were getting reports of people taking six, eight, 10, 15, not completing the downloads, which obviously was a challenge. So we convened a, a, what we call the, you know, the VA, a HPI, High Priority Incident Call, brought in all the experts from our network team, our app team, our team, Amazon, trying to figure out where this problem might be. Obviously, Immediately, the thought was it was the cloud, and it turned out in this case it was. We were running into a threshold on the virtual gateway for the VPC the production servers were in. That is, for those guys that might know, the limit theoretically is 1.25 gigabits per second, but in reality, it's closer to 800 megabits. And we hadn't known, we were thinking we were going to hit this threshold. Once we realized that was the problem, the good thing about the cloud is you can respond agilely, and we were able to use something called VPC peering to spread the workload out over multiple VPCs and one of the loads on this system was another application called Caseflow that was run, already running in our Amazon cloud. And we were also able to VPC peer that application to this instead of going through the front end of the, of the virtual gateway. 
And by doing that, almost on the fly during the day, <laughs> while the system was running, we were able to cut the download time, not down by, not match the on-prem rate, we actually got it down to one minute, in many cases, sub 30 seconds. So you can imagine for agents that are processing these documents all day long, cutting that time down for every document they're downloading is a huge productivity gain. And what does that translate into in reality is better service to veterans. We can process more claims, we can get them done quicker, and get the benefits of the veterans faster, which is what we're all about. So that was a huge win. Um, another big win is now we've got the scalability of AWS behind us. We saved a, a, you know, a lot of money <laughs> doing this. It was a much, less, much more cost effective to run this in AWS. And then, of course, we get higher availability, all the DR capability that we really didn't have in the prior location. So all around, it was a, it was a huge benefit. But the most important thing is we can deliver services faster to veterans. So lessons learned. I'm not going to read all this, but a big one for Snowball that you might be interested in is we found that Snowball works great for files that are big, so greater than five megabits. But because of the, the, the mechanism that it uses to upload the files on the, download the files onto the Snowball device and upload them in the S3, it wasn't really efficient time-wise to put a bunch of small files on the Snowball device. So those were more efficient to actually send over the wire. So we kind of did both and did it in parallel. Um, so that was one big learn. Um, I'm not going to read the slide. Um, obviously, you know, take advantage as much as you can of Terraform and software's, you know, standardized infrastructure's code. Um, communications is key. You got to really communicate for all the players involved in every migration to make sure everybody's on the same page and you're, and you're following the same plan. Um, and the, the application team really felt, you know, had they moved some of the databases earlier, they could have had a smoother cutover, but I'm not sure how much smoother because really the cutover itself went without a hitch. Um, it was the problems afterwards with the download documents. That's probably the only major problem that we had. There was another issue we had with some scanning vendors that were loading documents up uh, from remote sites that turned out to be mostly a network issue that was unrelated to the cloud, and that got resolved over time too. But, um, so that's really lessons learned. So as you can see from this graph, you know, our usage from AWS is only increasing and it's going to increase more. We currently have over 60 applications, probably closer to 70 by today, um, that are running in our enterprise cloud. Uh, in Amazon itself, we have over 3,000 VMs and six petabytes of data that we're storing. Um, some of the other apps that are either in the cloud or moving. Um, we're a lot, moving a lot of our mission-critical veteran-facing apps to the cloud. So our Mission Act tools went there earlier this summer. The Mission Act gives veterans access to care, not only from VA hospitals, but also from out, out in the community. Um, just this week, the Forever GI Bill Colmar application went live. Um, that provides extended uh, educational benefits to more veterans. Um, our My Healthy Vet app is migrated there. That's a, a, used by about 2 million veterans to schedule appointments and things like that. Um, we also have our, our main VA.gov website and vets.gov that provides access to services and helps veterans find their way around the VA. And uh, just recently this summer, um, we migrated one of our medical center applications. VA has a proprietary medical uh, elf, electronic health record system it uses around its hospitals called Vista. And it was built, uh, I think it started in the 60s, and it's been running ever since. Very, very custom code, runs on software called Mumps. And we were able to migrate that. A small hospital we did as a pilot back in June. And then just the end of October, we then, based on the success we had with that, we migrated one of our largest medical systems to the cloud at the last weekend in October. And that's been running well there ever since. So now we're looking at all the ways we can expand and accelerate that migration. So, um, so at this point, um, first of all, none of this could have happened without a lot of people helping us. So first off, I want to thank VA senior leadership, first for their vision and their support of our effort uh, across the board. They've been fantastic. Um, we've had a tremendous cross-functional team, not just from our office, but 
VA employees and contractors from across our OIT organization, Office of Information Technology, our Office of Information Security, uh, we, and it's really important, our acquisition team, just everybody has to work together to make this kind of thing successful. Um, and I want to give a big shout out to our Amazon account team. They've been with us every step of the way, helping us figure out ways to do things, and they're very committed to the veteran mission and serving our veterans. Um, and of course, thank all of you for coming, and hope you have a great rest of the day.